Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. ESNY. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast, an Elite Sports NY production. We are recording this on January 16th, 2020, uh, very close to the halfway point of the season, depending on where your team is in the schedule. A lot of all-star game selection talk, a lot of trade talks heating up, just a couple, just one trade that was um, made today. Um, and just, you know, some interesting comments made in the media by certain teammates as well. So we're here to recap that all and more with your host, Jeff Campbell, and my guy, Chip Murphy. Chip, what's going on, man? How's it going? I'm good, man. How about you? Ready for this uh, long weekend coming up? That's right. That's right. You know, me and Chip both work in the school system, so we got a nice three-day weekend coming up. We're, uh, we're certainly pumped up about that. Uh, we wanted to hit the ground running here, so um, as we all know, the all-star selections are are coming out. You know, the voting is getting up there. Obviously, there's some names there that don't really belong there. You know, you can thank the fans for that, um, but that, <laughs> that'll happen. But uh, Chip and I wanted to go into our Western and Eastern Conference all-stars guys that we think we are that are locks for the team, uh, guys that are on the bubble. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of look at some guys that may get snubbed, may get left out a little bit, but we wanted to start with the West, the obvious power conference in the NBA and Chip, I'm going to, I'm going to let you lead us off here. Give us, um, give us your guys that are, that are locks. Um, I, I think we'll probably be pretty in lockstep here with the starting five, maybe some of the other guys. Yeah. Maybe some of the other guys in as in the reserves, but I'm going to let you start us off here. What are you What are you thinking for the West? I think we'll be in lockstep with who are the starting five here for sure. But I got Harden and Luca in the backcourt, uh, and then the front court I got Kawhi, and then I got the two Lakers. I got LeBron and AD. Yeah, which I think. It's a cert, almost a certainty that that'll be the starting five. Yeah, dude, they abs- are the absolutely thousand percent voting getters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know. Um, you know, I guess the only the only area you know people are going to try and poke at is Kawhi's games and stuff like that. But the guy, yeah. the guy's been a monster when he's on the floor. Um, you know, Luca and Harden have been out of this world. You know, I don't, I don't really see how you can argue with that five. Um, do you have locks for your reserves guys that you think no matter what they're going to be there? So we have five, we have seven more spots left. Um, guys that you think are definitely going to be in there for sure. 
I don't think it, well, I shouldn't say I don't think. I think it's hard to, the West is so competitive. There's so many great players. It's hard to say there's locks. But I think two guys who, I this is, the list that I made is guys that I think should be in and guys I think deserve to be in. So guys that I think are locks are Jokic and Dame are for sure two more locks, uh, and Chris Paul. Oh, outside wow. of okay. them, Outside of them, I think it's kind of a toss-up. I mean, I know Paul George is going to get in, but I don't think he deserves to be a lock. Uh, he's He hasn't been typical Paul George this year. Uh, and Kawhi's really carried that team to their record, and they haven't looked as great as we thought they were going to look anyway because Kawhi's really had to carry that team. But I know he's going to get in. Uh, he's fourth in Western front court players right now. He has more votes than Jokic, and he. Uh, but I, I also I have my whole team here, and I didn't pick him, so. But if I had to say uh, locks, I would say my starting five, Stone Cold locks, my starting five, and then Jokic and Lillard would be my only real Stone Cold locks there. And, oh, no, Paul, Paul, too, because he's Chris Paul, and he's got the comeback season, and I love what I've seen from him. Yeah, it's so funny because I – so I'm, I'm definitely with you on uh, Jokic and Dame uh, for sure. And I forgot him, dude. It's so crazy. I I don't know how you forget about Chris Paul, but I somehow managed oh, yeah, to. Um, and I I didn't have him on here, but some of the other guys I was looking at, and I guess it also comes down to positioning, like you know how many forwards versus how many guards you can have on here. But you know some interesting guys that uh, I really wanted to take a look at. You know, especially when it comes to the bigs, are Carl Anthony Towns. And Rudy Gobert, man. I mean, uh, both those guys having stellar years. Uh, Gobert, I, I think I don't think he started out great, but you know his numbers are always there for the most part. Um, you know, and then there's some guys on the outside looking in that I don't know will make it, but you know, guys like Brandon Ingram, Wiggins, Westbrook, Booker. You know, I have a feeling that Westbrook possibly may sneak in just because of the name, just because of uh, recognition, but, um, Chris Paul, definitely, man. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you on that one, but I, uh, I do like either one, if not both of Towns and Gobert to make it in there as well. Uh, what do you think about those guys? I, I have Gobert on my team. Yeah. So I'm totally a hundred percent with you on Gobert. Yeah. I love Rudy Gobert. I thought he should have been in last year. Uh, I, I hope he gets in. Uh, as far as Towns, I left him off, but he was like one of my final cuts. I went back and forth. I like that. I'm glad you brought up Brandon Ingram because I went back and forth like so much, and I put in Ingram like right over Towns, just a little bit. Right. Like really small. I went back. I uh, I put in uh, Gobert, and because I went back and forth because I have Gobert in and I have Donovan Mitchell in. Because ah, I yeah, feel like Donovan yeah. Mitchell, yeah, took another step and got even better. And so I have Gobert, Mitchell, 
Paul and Shea Gilgis Alexander because Ooh, SGA. Yeah, yeah. And Brandon Ingram. Okay. I like <laughs> it. So I realized that's not like the most popular. Uh, Russ, I left off Paul George. I left off Devin Booker, who are guys that are obviously going to make it ahead of the guys that I picked. But like I said, I went with guys that I think are deserving. I, I, I think that, you know, Devin Booker, I, I really like Devin Booker. I like watching him. And uh, you can argue Devin Booker over Brandon Ingram if you want. But look, I, I, I don't know. You can't argue Devin Booker over Dane. You can't argue Devin Booker over Donovan Mitchell for me. You can't argue him over Chris Paul or SGA. So, and I know the one that is shock. I guess people are going to be like, oh, Russ. No, no, Russ. Russ has been one of the most inefficient offensive players in the NBA this year. Yeah. I mean, I know he's had some games where it's been like, oh, wow, Russ. The Rockets couldn't have won that game without Russ. But he really hasn't looked good. Uh, and I, I don't know, man. I The West, it, look, it was really hard narrowing that down to 12 guys, man. <laughs> like, the the East was hard, too, because there really isn't 12 All-Stars on the East. All-Star level players in the East. But, so to all the people who are always like, we need to just pick the best 24 players and fuck the East-West system, kind of feeling that there. <laughs> but it was hard narrowing this down but looking at some of the uh advanced stats and just some of the video that i watched of like brendan ingram and stuff i i couldn't keep brendan ingram off this team he's been so fucking good like i think uh i i agree with that too man like i i think just um it's it's weird because sometimes you get into a conversation with yourself about rewarding the guy that finally got a chance to truly develop into his own, whether it was, you know, away from the Lakers, away from kind of Magic's mess of the Lakers, you know, away from LeBron. And like, you know, he had a lot of coaching turnover there too. And now, you know, he's finally with the Pelicans. And I'm not saying by any means that the Pelicans are like a stably run franchise, but they gave him the ball. They gave him a lot of opportunity, and he's making the most of it. Um, I, I I like Brandon Ingram, Ingram a lot. I think push comes to shove, he would probably make my list too. I think um, I think the only place place me and you probably differ. I would guess I, I would have to figure out who I would leave off, but I would I would probably have Carl Anthony Towns on, um, you know, and and man. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe I do go Ingram and Russ instead of SGA. And no, you know what though? But I would have to have Mitchell on there. So I would go. I would go Mitchell. My reserves would be Paul George, um, Damian Lillard, Gobert. Uh, that's three. So then I would have um, Ingram, Mitchell. Which would take me to five. Oh, Towns, which mm-hmm. would which would take me to six, and then yeah, you got one spot. And then one spot. Um, damn, did I say Russ already or no? Because I think I would probably end up going with Russ, even though I, I I hear the argument for sure, especially about the inefficiencies. But I would I would probably go with Russ. Maybe regret it, you know. But 
I would probably stay. He's going to get in him. anyway. Yeah, I think, anyway. and maybe that's kind of. The players are going to vote him in. And maybe that's kind of what I'm. Maybe that's kind of what I'm thinking of as well. Um, all right, let's let's hit the East up. The East is um, way more difficult because you're going to have some guys in here that, in a regular season, may not ever even sniff an All Star game, um, but they're going to, based on the fact that you're in the East. Um, I also, well, it, it may not be a, a lock lock, but I, I have a feeling me and you are going to be in lockstep on the starting five, but let me start off with Mars starting five and you let me know if, if we're good to go I'm on this. I'm not sure about that. Oh, we'll maybe see. not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. But let's, let's try it. Let's try it. Okay. So I got, I got Kemba. I got Kemba at the one. Um, we agree on that. I got Bradley Beal at the two. That's already that's our first disagreement right there. That's our first disagreement. And um, I, I'm going Jimmy Butler at the three, Greek Freak, and Embiid for the rest of the starting lineup. Okay, yeah. Who? Um, yeah, who, we, we only disagreed on the one. Okay, but so I think most people would probably disagree with me. I put Ben Simmons as a starter. Okay, well, let's, dude. Honestly, yeah. okay. So I, I, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. Um. I I think me and you are on the same page in the sense that Ben Simmons gets way too much hate for whatever reason mm-hmm. in the NBA. Um people really really kill him for the shooting and and I and I do and I do agree with the people that that say that he can hurt the team by not choosing to shoot even if he misses it. But but when even when teams give him room to shoot, he's so big and long that he can actually dictate um, you know, the flow of offense because he has space to move and he becomes hard to guard when he gets ahead of steam. So dude, I, I, I really like Ben Simmons a lot. I don't hate you. I, I don't think it's bad that you would put him there at all. Um, no, I almost put Kyle Lowry there. So <laughs> but I realized, ben but just because I love Kyle Lowry. Yes. Yes. I know. So I, I wanted to put him there, but even I couldn't go that far i realize he's he doesn't have the chops that ben simmons does so yeah i didn't go that far the my next question to you is this and it's like something i'm struggling with and uh tell me if if i'm just missing the boat here because i know the dude is an absolute talent but he's missed so many games but is it a lock that pascal siakam is gonna be on the all-star team or not I hope so. I put him on my team. <laughs> yeah. I but he's when he's healthy, he's so good. I I mean he shit, I mean actually I, I don't know off the top of my head how many games he's played. I I, I looked before I we I, it was it's 29 games. 29? Well, that's the same amount of games Lowry's played. Okay. So so 29 out of 40 if he stays healthy, he plays what? How many more games till the All Star break? Well, it's I, mean, I think um, ten or so, right? Well, no, but but the, so there the votes. I think the um, I forget exactly when the weekend is, but they're doing the the vote. I think the captains pick the teams on February sixth. So you got to figure between now and then. I don't know what is that like six or seven games, and then I we might have ten to twelve, maybe close to fifteen before the actual game itself. So. I don't know, man. That could be that could be what uh, potentially fifty 
52, 53 games, like 29 games played out of 50-something. So I, I think it's a conversation piece. Um, there's no question that when he's healthy, he is absolutely one of the best, you know, whatever, 8, 10 players in the East. Like, I don't think that's a question at all. Um, but I, no, I do not think, at all, yeah. I, don't, I think it'll be interesting to see if um, if that – I mean, he, I, he probably would make it. I don't know. I don't know. There's people in Toronto who would argue. By the way, we it's funny we just said Joel Embiid is the starter and he's played one more game than Siak. You know what? He's That's okay. See, I'm happy <laughs> and I'm happy you brought I'm happy you brought that up. I'm happy you brought that up. That actually makes me feel uh you know, more I guess confident about listen, he's got to be in in the 12. Like he's got to um, yeah. I'm not a big believer in that. I'm a believer in that factoring into the awards and yeah. all NBA. Yeah. But not so much the all-star cause that's not awards. That's, you know, that is what the all-star is what it is. Right. But like Kawhi and beads played 31. Kawhi's played 31. And there's people in Toronto who would argue that, uh, uh, Siakam is the best big man in the East, not MB. Right. So, if you're not, you're, Giannis is more of a wing. So, I mean, yeah, I don't see the 30 games or whatever it is as a problem. I, I'd i put him. He's so much better than so many other players. No, that's East. true. That he's got to be in there. <laughs> that's very true. So then here's yeah. my thing. If, if uh, our starting lineups only differ by one, I'm assuming that you have uh, Brad Beal in the reserves, right, or no? I do. Okay, so then he's very good. So then, with six other players to play, because I have Simmons in the reserves, um, I'm gonna go through two other guys that I think should really be in there. Um, and the first one I think is gonna be a little—I don't think it's controversial, but I know some people who are like their team absolutely blows. But I think Trey Young. I I, I think Trey Young is an All Star. I just do. I think the guy. You know, a lot of people think he shouldn't be. I have him too. Yeah, I mean, like my thing is this: I if you do what you do against every defense in the league, I think that Danny Small is not going to be happy about that's, this. He's that's that's listen. Anti Trey Young. No man, no. I I, I think Trey Young. I I listen, man. Point guard is the most difficult position in the NBA to to defend, and I will agree that. His effort is very questionable sometimes, but I think when you're talking about all stars, you're thought you're talking about dominant talents. And don't get me wrong, I I want him to be more consistent on both sides of the ball. But I I think Trey Young, what he does on the floor, and regardless of the defense that's played against him, I, I think is pretty special, man. So I I have him um, in my reserves, and uh, I also have. Um, I got Spencer Dinwiddie on there, man. I, I don't, you know, I don't know if we're gonna differ on that, but I, I think Spencer Dinwiddie has played himself into an All Star role, man. I really do. Yeah, that's probably the. You probably have the end because I have Lowry, so you probably have Dinwiddie over Lowry. Yeah, that that might be. So we probably differ there because I just I love Kyle Lowry. I so yeah. I was always, of course I'm gonna put him on there. I hear that. Um, yeah. Let me see. So I have those are two of my reserves. Um, well, I guess Pascal. Pascal is a third. So 
Trey Young, Pascal, Spencer. Um, Do you have both, or do you have one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum on your squad? I don't have both. I have Jason Tatum. Okay. Because I felt like the Celtics have been very good. They deserve two. And I went back and forth on Tatum and Brown, and I looked at, like, the the on-off stuff, and they've been – I had no idea Tatum had such good on-off numbers, but I almost took Brown because Tatum, he takes so many threes. He's so reliant on his three-point shot going in, and he's really not that impressive on twos, but I don't know. He's – they're just – they're better with him on the floor and so much better, and – yeah, obviously Kemba's a star. He's been fantastic, but I I I went slightly more Tatum, also because he's the bigger star too, and it's the All Star game. So I think he the fans would, or Celtics fans would rather see him in there too. Anyway, I uh, so I'm with you on Tatum as well. I yeah. think that takes me to what? Let me see if I have Trey Young, Pascal, Simmons, Tatum, and Spence. That's five. So there's two more spots. Um, the rest of it, I mean, I have a couple of names here, but I'm actually trying to figure out which ones I really want to go towards. Dude, you have no idea how badly I want to put Ben Adebayo in this squad, but I don't, I don't I know if I cut him at the end too. Yeah. I cut so him at the end too. I, I have, oh, no, 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 wait, I put him back in. You put him in? I was going to, yeah. I, cause I was I cut him and then I put him back in because I was going back and forth between him and Sabonis. Okay. Because I was like, oh, the Pacers deserve one guy on there. And Sabonis has been fucking awesome. Yeah, he has. so good. He's been the best player on the – he's been the best player on the team. Yeah. I was like, well, Bam's the second best player on the Heat and Sabonis is the best player on the Pacers. Yeah. Because, I mean, Oladipo's not playing right now. Or I guess he is back, right? But – He's, t- uh, Sabonis he's is- coming back, I think. He- yeah, coming back. Yeah. yeah. But Sabonis is uh, Sabonis has been so good. So it was hard, but I did go back to Bam. I, uh, I have Andre Drummond on here, man. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Really? You took Drummond? I took Drummond, dude. I took Drummond. Wow. I, I know. Did not, uh, wow, I did not take Drummond. So I don't know who. I have. We agree on Siakam, Tatum. Young. Trey Young. Um, so I don't know where, because I have Beal on here. Yeah, because reserve. Right. So we differ on that. Yeah. And I also put Bam. So we differ on that. that oh, was, I had Spencer. Had I had Dinwiddie. Right. So you oh, have you have yeah. Lowry. Um. You have oh, Lowry, Beal, and I'm trying to think of who else. Did you say all your other reserves? I think I think so. If not, I've, I'm I'm one off. Oh, did you did you put Middleton on there? So I have him here, but I don't feel great about it. Um, I have. I, man, believe it or not, believe it or not, believe it or not, I would rather have. Um, and and this may be a little wild, and I don't think you'll have him on there because you already have Lowry. But I would rather have Fred VanVleet on here than Chris Middleton. That's just me. No, I, I don't. I don't think that's crazy at all. Actually, I, I like <laughs> I so. I think I think Van Van Vliet is actually, believe it or not, my my last selection here. With basically my my uh, my reserves would be Trey Young, Pascal Siakam, Jason Tatum, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, 
Drummond, Van Fleet, and there was one other. Huh. I think there was one that you said that I was on board with. Uh, I have Middleton, Siakam, Lowry, Bam, Tatum, Beal, and Young. Okay. So if I'm, you know what, if I'm if I'm missing one, I'm probably going to go with Middleton, and so then I would have both Van Vliet and Middleton on there. I felt like this. It's the same way that it was last year. Like the Bucks have just been dominating everyone. I felt no, like have. they deserve more than one All Star. Actually, no, you're right about that. You're right about that. Um, I yeah. would I would say that you, you got to have at least two, and if you want to go three. Well, actually, no, probably not. But you you have to have at least two from them. It's kind of like I, not like you yeah. know when the Atlanta Hawks had three from their their crazy. Um, I that forget was what the weirdest shit ever. It was yeah. yeah. Having Kyle or Corver as an All Star was interesting, but you know it gives guys like Joe Harris a little hope. You know, it was cool to see Kyle Corver as an All Star. Yeah, but strange nonetheless. It was. It was. <laughs> Um, but I say this is what I, I say we do. You know what? As the game gets closer, we'll finalize these. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we're we're pretty good with our picks for now. And I, I have a good feeling it'll stay like that. But, um, you know, we can we can kind of see how it is as we, gets close, as we get closer to the game. But wanted to transition here to a, a very, very big story. And, it, and it, you know, uh, our guys on the Nets Slack channel... Uh, at ESNY, I've have probably been talking about this all day. Kyrie Irving's post-game comments after a loss to the Philadelphia 76ers have gotten a crazy amount of press. Um, I'm going to read some of the quotes here, and I want to start with you just to get your initial thoughts. I, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, so they're not in any particular order, but I want to start with this. So he's in the locker room, right? He's gone 6 for 21. They just lose. They're winning for a good part of the game, and then Philly comes back. Uh, Ben Simmons actually has a big part to play in that fourth quarter. So he starts off, and I think it's Steph Bondi who's asking him about, um, you know, what's kind of going on with the team in the future, and says he he goes, it's it's transparent, it's glaring. I'm going to continue to reiterate it. Uh, We're going to do the best we can with the guys we have in our locker room now. And we'll worry about all that other stuff in terms of moving all the pieces and everything else in the summer. It's just something that we signed up for. We knew what we're coming in for at the beginning of the season. Collectively, I feel we have great pieces, but it's pretty glaring that we need uh, one more piece, two more pieces that will complement myself, KD, DJ, GT, Spence, and Karis, and we'll see how that evolves. So there's so much to unpack from that. Uh, I want to start off with you just to see like your initial reaction to the comments, how you feel that those comments play out in the locker room. What does it say about Kyrie as a leader? What What are you kind of thinking? It says like what kind of guy takes off 25 games, whatever it was, Comes back for it was his third game back, I think, second or third, and goes six for 21. His team is minus, he's minus 29 when he's on the court. After a loss like that, where he plays like shit, if he had played well, they would have won. And his reaction 
is to throw the guys under the bus who have been competing, playing their asses off in his absence, which a questionable injury is the rumor that he really needed to sit out that long, his mysterious injury, and he throws them under the bus. Doesn't even, by the way, you mentioned all the teammates he was talking about. He's talking about DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert. He didn't mention Joe Harris right. or Jared Allen. Right. Just totally left those guys out. Yeah. I, I don't think they're feeling very good today. Right. But it's it's just the guy doesn't get it, man. He doesn't get it. It's look, he's not he's not wrong. The Nets need to probably add somebody else to that team. But even if you do feel that way, that's not something you say to the fucking media. And call out your teammates in front of everyone. Like, he just doesn't get it. And that's why the that's why the Cavs didn't win with him before LeBron got there. And that's why the Celtics were a disaster when he was there. And I don't mean on the court, obviously. I mean in the locker room. But, oh God, he's... The, the thing with the Nets last year was that they all got along perfectly. They were the happiest team in the NBA. And like a fucking tornado, he's come in and destroyed all of that in what? He hasn't even played 30 games yet. <laughs> he's already just wrecking guys' confidence, talking about trading guys. God, I wouldn't want to be his teammate right now unless I was DeAndre Jordan because I'm a – $40 million best friend if I'm DeAndre Jordan. But, God, man, I it's a it's not a good situation there. I, it, it's not a good situation there if you're Kyrie Irving. He doesn't think it's a good situation. It's crazy. He's oh, – I don't care. And I've never agreed with Stephen A. Smith before, but this morning his take on it was, what's he talking about they need to add pieces? They made the playoffs last year. Kyrie Irving, you're the piece they added. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh God, he's he's it's 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 a bad sign that he's making excuses because it, it sounds like a guy who's given up on the season and who's like, I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna take off and because that was a game they should have won last night. Right. You said you said it best, like. They should have won. They collapsed at the end. And their so-called closer didn't show up. And he tried to throw his teammates under the bus because he didn't play well. And it was it was a bad look for him. A, a bad look and a long series of bad looks for that guy. And that's why he's not a leader. And why everywhere he goes, this, shit like this keeps happening. I mean, it's not surprising. I don't think anyone was surprised. This is what Kyrie Irving does. I mean, were you surprised? No, I mean, um, so like I I have uh, so many different feelings on it, but I I do think that at some point when this keeps happening, at least when you have um, these buzzworthy quotes that can, even if they're not intentionally meant to isolate other people in the locker room or talk bad about the franchise or anything like that, even if they're not intentionally meant to be um, interpreted that way, when it happens enough, 
I, I think that there's something to be said for that. I don't think the problem is anymore like, oh, you know, you're a big star and people are, the media is just twisting your words. Like, I, like, in no way, shape or form do I think he should be talking about moving all of the pieces. Like, those are his words, moving all of the pieces. And then he's saying that me and KD, we knew it was something we signed up for. Like, basically saying, like, this team is a work in progress, which, by the way, is not wrong. He's right about that. But that's not, again, that's not something you say to the media. I don't think you say something about that in a locker room where you're sitting five feet away from, and you put it best, these guys who have just busted their asses for 40 games when you and KD are not on the court and they are clinging, clinging to playoff seating and, and you know, sub 500 record, but playing tough, trying to be analytically sound, you know, Kenny trying to coach his ass off, trying to work through injuries, stuff like that. And then you say that your core is KD, DJ, Garrett Temple, by the way, he's probably yeah. thrilled about this. I don't you know. You say DJ is part of your core. Yeah. Seriously, dude? Exactly. It's okay. a fucking traffic cone. Right. And then Spence and Karras. And here's my thing. Joe Harris, even though Kyrie has probably not played a lot with Joe Harris yet, Joe Harris, just from him, like literally him standing at the three-point line, will probably do more for your spacing in terms of your driving lanes because of how much of a threat he is to hit the three ball. And and I just think that even if he didn't mean it this way, it comes off bad. The players in the locker room are not going to want to hear it. They've been struggling to fight for playoff seating, and now they're going to have to get asked questions about, what did you think about Kyrie's comments? Blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. And they're going to try and do the company, you know, tote the company line, stuff like that. But my whole issue, not issue, but... When the Nets signed him is if you have this culture that the Nets have been talking about, how do you as Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson team up and deal with this? Like how are you how are you working with Kyrie behind the scenes to be like, okay, we want you to be yourself and obviously say what you say what you want, but things like this really put us in a bad light. And how is how receptive is Kyrie to that conversation? How you know, what is his take on it? I just think that while nothing he said was terrible, like, I just think, like, when you start talking like you're a GM and you literally have players that just, they just played with you on the court. They literally just played with you. And they and it was a hard-fought game. And you're talking about moving pieces. I think that's just, I think the worst thing about Kyrie, and I, this is probably my last part on it, is I, I love how articulate he is. I love how intelligent he is. But I think sometimes he wants to be the smartest guy in the room. And I think oh my God. I, and I, I and I think oh, it it, it kills yeah. him, dude. I, I think it kills him and and like don't get me wrong, I, I love it. Like I you know, I love a guy who can think and talk the game and stuff like that. It's great. But I think sometimes when he gets a microphone in front of his face, I think he sees it as an opportunity to like blow people away. And in reality, it's like, you don't need to do that, dude. Like, like literally just take it down a notch and you'll be fine. Like everyone already thinks you're an elite talent. Everyone already thinks you're an amazing player. Everyone already thinks you're smart. Even if they disagree with the fucking flat world, you know, comment, (laughs) like 
Everyone, everyone thinks you're a smart guy, but I think he feels that he needs to prove it or whatever it is. And it's just, I don't know, man, it's tough because I, I just hate seeing players with immense talent have like these other areas of, of their life or behavior or whatever it is. And I just feel like, I don't know, man, it, it's just, uh, it's a rough thing to see. Um, but with that said, uh, we could talk about that for, for hours, I'm sure, but there, there were some. There was a deal made today in the NBA. Uh, trade season officially started with the Dante Exum, Jordan Clarkson deal. Uh, today we had the Wolves and the Hawks making a trade. Um, the Wolves traded Jeff Teague and Trevion Graham to Atlanta for Alan Crabb. Um, you know, I, I from what I've been hearing, the Wolves have been trying to move Teague for quite some time, and the Hawks have certainly yes. been looking for a backup point guard. Uh, Teague is averaging. <laughs> 13 points a game, six assists. Um, you know, as actually it was something that you said on a previous pod. It, it might have been when we were talking about Trey, Trey Young in the last pod. His usage rate is so astronomically high that this trade helps him a little bit. You know, I, I hope it will help Young play a little bit less, um, not feel like he has to do so much because Teague, if nothing at all, is a scorer. Um, and I actually saw something today on CBS Sports. I think that Teague is actually within the 99th. No, I'm sorry. Let me say that again. The 90th percentile in terms of points per possession in the pick and roll, which was surprising to me. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, that's so, surprising. So obviously the Hawks run a lot of spread and spread pick and roll. So you know there is yeah. there is a, a way for him to fit in there. Uh, Alan Crabb seems like a guy that's been getting moved a lot. Um, obviously traded from the Nets. Crabs only made 32% of his threes this season. Um, Minnesota could use shooting, so you hope that the change of pace does something for him. Um, but ultimately, I think maybe this is a step. I, I heard Minnesota freed up a roster spot as well. I know they're trying to go hard after D'Lo. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what are your what are your initial thoughts on the Hawks trade? Yeah, uh, Alan Crabbs, a summer of 2016 survivor. Yeah, he's still out there, still living off that, still living off that summer. Yeah, he's in the Timofey Mozgov, Bismack, Bismack Biombo. Yeah, Joakim Noah too, right? <laughs> yeah, Jim I mean he's Parsons. he's not he's not around, but he's still making that money for sure. Yeah, uh, Bays oh Baysmore too. Baysmore's like played big minutes in Portland. Yeah. Um, that was, I believe, not, not to cut you are, off, but I think that was his his contract. Yo, wait, was it? Maybe it wasn't. It wasn't $124 million, was it? Or no? Oh, Bazemore? No. No, it wasn't? Parsons, Parsons got maxed out, though. Maybe maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't Parsons mean. Parsons got maxed out in Memphis and like, like never fucking played. That's what it was. And I Dallas think. let him walk. Dallas let him walk and they loved him, but they were like, his knee is shot to shit. Right. We can't pay him. And for some reason, Memphis maxed him out, and it like cost the GM his job wow. because it was such a disaster. But yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there with the uh, the Hawks and the Wolves stuff. Oh no, no, no! It's not. It's a Jeff Teague trade. It's not like I had some great insight into it. <laughs> just, I was just gonna say you mentioned that Trey Young. When was the last time he has he ever had a backup point guard? I mean, he he needs someone to help him take the load off him at least for a little bit, and. Jeff T can probably play with him too. Uh, Kevin Herter isn't a playmaker. 
he's a shooter. So uh, I, it, if anything, it should make things easier on Trey Young. It's obviously not a long-term solution. Teague's contract expires at the end of the season. He'll probably leave. But the Hawks needed to do something. I think the most interesting thing about it is, uh, and apparently it takes them out of the Andre Drummond's sweepstakes. We saw a report on that, that, you know, they were one of the teams that was heavily interested in him. And now they're not going after him anymore, I guess, because they took on Teague's big salary. They don't want to take on another one or whatever. We'll talk about Drummond later, too. But, yeah, that was pretty interesting to me because I know they were heavily interested in him, which didn't make too much sense. but. Uh, I, I'm sure they'll still go after him in free agency, though. But, uh, yeah, I, it's good that they got Trey Young some form of help because he definitely needed it. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely agree with that, For And you were talking, you mentioned uh, Drummond, and I think that's another guy we were thinking of talking about in terms of trade suitors for him. Yeah. Um, thank God, at least for the moment, it looks like the Knicks are not uh, completely in play, oh. but you never know with our with our beloved franchise. Um, but 26 years old, 17 points per game, 15 rebounds, um, 60% from the free throw line, 59% field goal percentage, has a $28 million player option for next season. Um, I, think, I think the Pistons, you know, unless they're willing to really take a, a um, you know, a, a 50, 50 cents on the dollar type deal are going to find a, a hard time trading for him just because he does have that player option. Um, I think teams are trying to lowball the Pistons because of that. Um, you know, I, I there's, so there's a team, there's a team that I have that I think could be a good fit for him, but um, I want to hear yours first. I know we were talking about a couple teams before we, we got on the pod so I want to hear yours, and I want to throw in a, a team that I think could be a sneaky player for Drummond. Okay, yeah. I mean, the one, everyone, the most obvious one that everyone's been talking about is the Celtics. But yeah. uh, another one that I saw, which was interesting to me, uh, is the Clippers. If they really want to go all in and just say, fuck it, and just trade them all their assets uh, and add another all-star... I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean they have uh, they could trade Zubac, uh, they could trade uh, Mo Harkless's contract, uh, and I'm sure they have that uh, rookie they drafted last year, Ro- uh, Jerome Robinson, and I'm sure they have some form of draft pick remaining. Right. So to make it work, uh, and look, like you said, they uh, the Hawks. Part of the reason the Hawks backed off is because. Uh, Detroit was asking for a first round pick and by the time that the by the time that the deadline rolls around Detroit is going to come to realize they're not going to get an unprotected first round pick for Andre Drummond right when his contract is especially when his contract is expiring so I, I think they'll be happy with uh, maybe even a second round pick uh We'll, we'll see. I I think the Clippers are a good one. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say any of my other ones because I don't want to take your upset pair, your sneaky one. Well, it could. Uh, it could. So um, I, I like the Clippers as a fit. 
The Celtics, yeah, that's the one that's been reported, but I was looking at the salaries, man. They they would have to do some interesting stuff to make it work just because Oh yeah, I think the one I was looking at, they said they'd have to move Hayward, I think. Yeah, dude, and he's so he's making 32, yeah. right? If if yeah. uh Drummond's making about 28, Hayward's making 32. So, you know, the they the Pistons would actually have to include another player in that deal, and then you have mm. to decide if you're the Celtics, you're already on the hook long term with uh, Brown, Walker, and you know they're going to pay Tatum. So are you really just renting Drummond so that you can try and make a run at this year's Eastern Conference Finals? Or, or you know, it, it depends on the cap number. Like, what, what can you really do long term there? But the guy, the other team I was thinking of, and, and honestly, with the owner that they have, I think this would be the type of move that they would make. Um, contract wise, it's a little bit of a sticky fit, but believe it or not, man, I think Andre Drummond would, would fill a very, very nice role on the Dallas Mavericks, man. I think, I think putting him next to Porzingis so that Porzingis does not have to deal with the, cause we've seen him on the Knicks. He doesn't like to get down and dirty defensively, even though he is a very oh, good that's rim. That's an understatement. Exactly. Even though, <laughs> even though he does get his blocks. He'd rather block a guard than than somebody else. So Drummond, I think, would be a really good pairing there. Um, you know, in terms of contract wise, you know, Hardaway, who has a player option for next year, would have to be somebody who goes. Um, you know, there there are some other deals out there: Dwight Powell, Seth Curry. But those, yeah, those Powell, are probably yeah. Those, but those are actually somewhat. They're not long term, but there's multiple years. It's less money. But maybe if you're the Pistons, you can talk yourself into saying, okay, well, listen, you know, we could do three more years of Seth Curry at seven mil per year. He's a very, that's a very movable contract. Um, but I actually think, I, I think uh, Drummond would fit nicely there. I don't know whether it'll happen or not, um, but who knows? But um, another guy that we had on, on the list here of, of people that are going to be moved is D'Angelo Russell. And signed over the summer uh, in a signing trade with the Nets. He's obviously now in the Warriors. Four years, 117 mil, averaging 23 points per game and six assists this year. Had a little bit of a shoulder injury. Um, he's been been back recently. The Wolves have been mentioned um, quite frequently in terms of his sweepstakes. And I think the Wolves are probably done at this point with the Point Wiggins experiment. You know what I mean? I think, uh, I think you know, Andrew Wiggins uh, has had a really nice bounce back season, but I don't know that you want him being your primary initiator um, on the offense. But from what I've seen and just like the, the reports that have been out there, the Wolves are kind of hesitant to part with Covington. You know, that's the piece that everybody is going to be after. But I think it's probably going to be what what you know breaks the bank or at least the the straw that breaks the camel's back there if they really want Russell that bad um another team that I saw out there that could be an interesting fit for him um and it, so I, I was reading that apparently Devin Booker and D'Angelo Russell yeah, so they're yeah, like yeah. lifelong friends and and apparently you know one of uh he's pushed the franchise to try and acquire him you know that would basically ask the Suns to be giving up on some of their young guys if they really felt Russell and and a pairing of Russell and Booker in the backcourt could work. I'm not really sure how well that would work at all 
Yeah, who's going to play defense in exactly. that fucking backcourt? Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see if if Russell moves. I've seen some reports too that the Warriors are actually not uh, trying to move him. Uh, you know, pretty frequently. But what do you what do you see going on with that? I saw that thing in the Athletic. I think it was uh, Marcus Thompson uh, a couple weeks ago wrote uh, about a like a. Not uh, it was like more of like a theorizing like a potential uh, D'Angelo Russell Ben Simmons swap. Okay. Uh, I thought that seemed kind of interesting. I uh, it would be good for both teams. Yeah. Like eventually the Sixers are going to have to choose: is it going to be Simmons or Embiid? If they're putting it off, I know they're doing it as long as they want. And it seems like Russell was signed to be traded at some point. Right. So I like the Sixers for him. I think, like with every single player who's on, I think the Heat are a possibility. Uh, you know, they have Goran Dragic, his contract. Uh, uh, I'm sure the Lakers would love to have him. Uh, but the, there's no way the Warriors are going to trade him to the Lakers. I just don't see that right. when they're going to be competing with him next year. And I'm not sure if it even works, him going back to L.A. That that could be too awkward anyway. But I like uh, I like Miami as a fit. I think I think he'd be great going back to Minnesota. He worked in like Brooklyn's not like a small market, but it's it's not like the most media attention in the world. That's and true. He kind of he kind of thrived. Uh, as like an under the radar guy, and he really liked it. And uh, Phoenix seems like a good one too, though. But I just don't see them coexisting well uh, as uh, in terms of wins and losses. I yeah. mean, in terms of being friends, I'm sure they play great together. They're yeah. lifelong friends. Russ and James Harden are great together in terms of being friends. They clearly like each other, but that doesn't mean they're going to win a championship this year, right? Because they their numbers and their play on the court together would suggest that, but yeah, Phoenix sounds like a good one. I think Minnesota. There's a reason Minnesota's interested in him because he feels like he would be a good fit there. Right. And I, you're saying they're they're stuck on Covington, and that makes sense. But if they want to get a good player like a D'Angelo Russell, they're going to have to give up a good player like a Robert Covington. So. They're going to have to make that hard choice at some point. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that for sure. I think um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And um, I know that we have a, one guy left here on our list of uh, potential trade suitors in terms of the guys that have been talked about a lot. I I am just going to be upfront. I'm very down on this player. Um, but I know that he's talented and I know that he's young. But Kyle Kuzma... Obviously, there's been so much said about him. Uh, it seems much like uh, our, our previously mentioned uh, player, D'Angelo Russell, it seems like some off-the-court stuff has soured his time in L.A. There's some talk about social media posts from Kuzma's trainer talking about LeBron. Yeah. And obviously, you know, he's he's got to handle that in some way, and, and who knows how that's played out behind doors. But... Kyle Kuzma's had a very weird year. I you, I love the guy's length. I you know I like his game. He's still in his rookie deal. You know the Lakers have been 
uh, rumored to maybe including him in a deal for Bogdan Bogdanovich, which I think would be great for the Lakers. Um, you know, I'm not sure that the Kings are going to do that, although Bogdanovich, um, I think he's getting closer towards the end of his deal, and, and they have money um, paid out to Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, and, and they also have to pay uh, De'Aaron Fox and potentially Marvin Bagley. So, um, you know, it's possible that they want to move Bogdanovich and get something for him. I also thought an interesting move for Kuzma because the Lakers are really looking for shooting, it seems like, at you know, regardless of where it is. But an interesting move that I saw, there was a report on Bleacher Report that the Pistons actually might be a decent landing spot for him. Whether if the Pistons do move on from Drummond or if they want to blow it up or if they, you know, still want to try and just acquire young guys and maybe they move like a Langston Galloway um, and someone for, for Kuzma and to see kind of how that works out. But I, I personally, I'm not a big Kyle Kuzma guy, uh, and you can call it, you know, uh, not loving some of like the young guys and the way they kind of act in the NBA and stuff like that. But Kuzma, I don't know, man, there's just something that, that rubs me a little wrong about the way I, I'm not sure that he's committed all the time, um, you know, I, I know he's, he's had some really good games and some good performances, but I am not a big Kyle Kuzma guy. Where, where do you stand on him? He really bought into the Hollywood hype. He yeah. went real Hollywood yeah. real quick. Yeah. He went from like the feel good story guy who came out of nowhere and then he bought into the Hollywood hype. Uh, he was coming off the bench and then AD got hurt, but, uh, he was supposed to be the guy who, uh, anchored the second unit right. when uh, LeBron wasn't in the, and when LeBron and AD weren't in the game. And when he's playing and LeBron isn't in the court and LeBron isn't in the game and AD isn't in the game or whatever, they're not scoring. I mean, you saw, you saw last night, they struggled. They lost to, or last, we're recording this, uh, on uh, Thursday, January 16th. And uh, th- so the, uh, the Lakers lost to the Magic. Fultz had the big triple-double. And, you know, Kuzma uh, couldn't get it done against the Magic because AD wasn't playing. You know, the LeBron was looking for help, and he had 19 assists. And I know LeBron gets all the blame, and that is what it is, but... And when AD wasn't available and all that, Kuzma was supposed to be the third guy. Yeah. And he just hasn't been that guy. You know, his scoring is way down. He averaged 18.7 last year. He's averaging 12.9. Uh, and his shots are way down, obviously. But look, he's, he's averaging 12.9 points on 11.1 shots. So he hasn't been that efficient. No. 43% from the field. That's not that great. You know, and there was a lot of people. Zach Lowe said it probably the best on the low post. He said he's a role player and he gets reported on like he's a superstar or yeah, something. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's because he plays for the Lakers. Yeah, he's just, he's he is what he is. He's a role player. Yeah. And the Lakers came into this season with the expectation because they don't have a third star like some of these other teams do that he was going to be their third star. 
and he's just not that good. He's, you know, he's not, he's not as good as Brandon Ingram. He's not as talented as Brandon Ingram, you know, who's dominating the league right now. We were talking about him before. And I don't know. It's, it's kind of surprising that he went from like the feel good story, just broke out rookie came out of nowhere to now he's probably going to get traded. So I, it's pretty surprising because see, there was a time when people were like, Oh, Brent has been the best uh, young player on the Lakers. Remember yeah. that? No, it's true. It's come true. a long way from that. Yeah. I think, um, I think you bring up a good point that maybe, um, his situation and where he got drafted, the turmoil that was within the Lakers franchise. And I know we talked about this on an earlier pod too. It's just so crazy to me how, I mean, us being Knicks fans and, and we obviously have to deal with the, the crap show that is the, the front office and like the last 20 years. But can you remember all the stuff that like Ram- Ramona Shelburne was reporting about the Lakers front office last year? Oh, um, God, yeah. I mean, even when LeBron was on the team, all the stuff between Palinka and Magic. But hey, they make the trade for AD, and all is forgiven. No one is asking um, Jeannie, but you know what I mean. No one is asking her to sell. Um, and it's you know, it's uh, it's interesting. But I think you bring well, up. Yeah, a good... she got the job done. You got to give it to her. Yeah, she got the guy. Yeah. yeah, and and I think you bring up a good point in the fact that. I still, I still don't like Kuzma, but he's so young, and I, and I, the talent is there that you can certainly say, well, maybe if you get him in a different situation where the lights are not so bright, and he he's not around things that draw his attention away from basketball so much, that he can be a really productive player, and given 15, 20 minutes a night, like Lo said, let him be a, a, a role player and don't report on him like a superstar. And he can be really good in this league. I just, I think the way the way where his stock is right now and where he sees himself, I don't see him going to a team that's in a smaller market and checking his own ego. Like I don't see him going to the Wolves or the Pistons or and then being like, you know what, I I gotta accept my role. I think he would immediately see that as okay, I'm the guy here. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day, all of these guys are super talented stars and you have to think like that. But I just, I don't know, like based on events that have occurred, I, I don't know if that's where he is or, and, and where he should be, but it's going to be interesting to see the way it plays out. I don't ha- I totally agree with you based on what I've seen that I don't think he's going to be willing to like accept like the kind of way that Markel Fultz accepted when he went to Orlando. Like, yeah. I'm going to need to ease my way into the starting job. Like, DJ Augustine was the starting point guard for Orlando at the beginning of the year. Fultz came off the bench and was obviously completely the better player, and Clifford moved him into the starting lineup. Kuzma obviously hasn't reacted well to coming off the bench this year. He's not the same player he was. If he gets traded, I think he'd like to star and who can blame him he wants to be a starter he was he got used to being a starter and it made sense to bring him off the bench because the lakers didn't have any scoring off the bench yeah but he just hasn't he just hasn't been as good and they've been waiting for him to bounce back and i don't know it doesn't seem like it's gonna happen if they if they can get bogdan bogdanovich for him which i'm not sure they can like 
Bogdan Bogdanovich is a better player than yeah, Kyle yeah, Kuzma. Yeah, by miles at he this point. He really is. Yeah. No, that's I don't true. Get it. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Unless the Kings want to pull a Kings move and just say, oh, we'll we'll trade with the Lakers and we'll we'll get a Laker and make him famous right. for, for, with us. Uh, I, I don't know. He looks like uh, Eminem. So maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe we can go. <laughs> oh, dude, that haircut is... Uh... Oof. What a fucking tool! <laughs> <laughs> oh my Yo, god! I couldn't dude. honestly, man. I couldn't agree anymore. I I remember right. I saw it and I was just like, like, like really, really. Yeah. But you know what? I I don't know, man. I mean, whatever. If he if he played better, no one would care. But it's just another yeah. thing to add to the list. But um, all right, man. Listen, I I, I think we're good. On, on that end, um, I know as we get closer to the All-Star game, I'll definitely want to kind of refine these uh, teams as well. I think we both have some pretty good selections in there. Um, it'll be interesting, obviously, to see who the writers select as we get closer because, I mean, these fan votes, I mean, with Taco Fall and Alex Caruso <laughs> getting like – and Kyrie having like the second most votes – you know, I will say it warmed my heart a little bit to see Mello up there, but you know, I mean, listen, I mean, we can't that uh, we can't um, wish I, I on that. I think Mello might get in because the players are all gonna. Vote. Oh, that's true. That's true. That would be that would be really insane. That would be a very nice lifetime achievement award. I mean, like Dwayne Wade did technically get one towards the end of his career, so. Um, Dirk did. Dirk got yeah, one his last. That's year. very very true. That's very true as well, um, but. I'll, I'll tease this a little bit, so uh, I'm pretty sure for next week, I'm hoping that we can have um, a very good guest on. Uh, me and Chip have been talking about a couple of guys that we want to have on, mm. so uh, we're not going to throw those names out there, but we, we promise that they will be, uh, you know, obviously very knowledgeable, um, very good guests, guys that are big on Twitter, guys that you probably know of. If you're listening to this pod, you probably know them, um, so... Uh, we're hoping to get them on to have a good combo with them next week. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for our ep- for our episode here, our fifth episode, Done and Done. Uh, Chip, as always, man, a uh, great pleasure talking hoops with you. Hoping you enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll we'll do this again next time. Thanks, man. Yeah, fun as always. All right, dude.